We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode number 55. My name is Andrew Rotondi. You can get me on Twitter at Yankees underscore talk. we got Scott Reinen at Scott Reinen. Obviously, you can follow the show at Bronx Pinstripes and uh, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. If you want to submit a mailbag, you can also get all the episodes on that page as well. Scott, what's up, man? 55, Hideki Matsui of Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is a... You know, up until a couple hours ago, we had a, a kind of a different rundown for what we we're going to do, and then all of a sudden, we get the news, man. It's the unfortunate news of of Mr. Greg Bird. So um, definitely, uh, definitely a somber, uh, a somber mood as far as uh, the the big guy that we were expecting to see and contribute big time. So I'm um, I'm a little down as far as that goes, but looks like uh, we'll have a lot to talk about with Greg Bird too. Yeah, pretty much nothing happened since the last time we recorded a podcast, and then boom, this happened. At least it didn't happen tomorrow morning, right? That's that's two for two. That's the last tw- the last two times something big has happened to the Yankees. They've been at least announced it before our podcast, so we do appreciate that. So before we get into it, we're going to uh, 
just talk about a couple things with the website and then we'll get into all the Greg Bird and Yankee stuff. So uh, we just wanted to remind everybody, we mentioned it on the show last week, that we are going to be starting a weekly featured columnist uh, where Monday through Friday, each person will be posting a uh, a column throughout the, throughout the week. And uh, we've decided we're going to start that the week of pitchers and catchers, which is the week of February 18th. Uh, Scott, why don't you go down the rundown on who has each day? So we we've decided on the on the days that the each guy is going to be writing and I'm actually going to put out an article as well just a, a blog just to kind of introduce what the columns are going to be what you guys can expect and then kind of the rundown of who's going to have what days uh, but we'll have uh, Adam going on Monday Rich Kaufman on Tuesday uh, RJ Lubier on Wednesday Drew Sarver on Thursday and then Andrew you're going to be uh, you're going to be closing up shop every week on Friday with bringing the, up with the rear the column. I was picked so last. yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for 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 this column. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be a little bit different from a lot of the stuff that we're we've been putting out. So um, I think you guys are gonna be able to really just kind of latch on to a a writer and and kind of get a good feel for who they are each week um, and have something to look forward to every day. So that'll be uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And and the week of pitchers and catchers reporting seemed perfect to start it out. And all five of us have pretty different writing styles and different opinions on the team, so it should be a pretty good um, gauge on you know where the team is and how how the fans are feeling. Because I think with the five of us, you get a pretty good uh, idea of the Yankee community and how how they're feeling about the team. Um, so what else we got for updates on the sh- on the uh, on the website? Uh, just just wanted to give you guys another update on the fan shop. I mean the the fan shop is going to be expanded. Like I said last week, um, we'll I should have most of it actually completed by the end of this week. And the meet at the bat T-shirt design is complete. I'm excited about it. If you have not seen it, go check out social media. You can check out my Twitter. I, I threw some uh, some pictures up from from uh, kind of the behind the scenes in Photoshop and I'm adding all the details to it. And uh, we have it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram pretty much everywhere so you guys can check it out. But yeah, final design is done. We will have the pre-sale. Uh, I'm hoping by the end of the week we should have the pre-sale up and ready to go so that we can get the uh, the shirt in production and ready to roll, man. So yeah, I'm excited about that. We have uh, really, really cool stuff with the fan shop coming up. A lot of really good t-shirt ideas. I think I'm going to have to hold back on my Greg Bird t-shirt idea now. It pisses me <laughs> off, but... We'll see, because I thought it was awesome. You uh, remember yeah. last week I said, I think people who are maybe under the age of you know, 15, 16 years old will not get the reference, but I tweeted about the shirt. I said, if you're young, you probably don't get this, but I did not get anybody who said they didn't get the reference for Meet Me at the Bat, which is, which is good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the feedback and the people talking about this and sending me direct messages and emails from from when I put out the design on, on social media has been awesome. It's been really cool to see that. And just the stories that are coming up already. I mean, I've getting I've gotten a whole bunch of emails uh, when I sent I sent out an email to to some of our subscribers as well about it. And I'm getting emails back with just, you know, stories about how people have met met at the bat, you know, pretty much every single Yankee game, that was the spot that they met at. So it's definitely one that, that hits close to home for Yankee fans. Uh, and I, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's definitely uh, resonating with everybody. So I'm excited for this thing to come out. Definitely. My first exposure to the meet me at the bat was, I don't know if you had this video, but the 1996 world series video, did you have that? I have the VHS right yeah. in front of me right now. <laughs> I have uh, all the, the four original VHSs. I, I don't have a VHS player anymore, so I got to find them on YouTube if I ever want to watch them. But if you remember at the beginning of that, they had uh, you know classic New Yorker 
talking about meeting at the bat before every game, meeting his brother, I think it was, uh, to go to the games. And that was the first time I understood what the meet me at the bat was. And then as soon as I saw that, the next season, I made my parents take me to the bat. Nice. I don't remember that actually in the beginning of it. Have, I know the whole thing is on YouTube. It's a full, there's a full length YouTube uh, video of that of that that VHS that they put out. So I'm gonna check that out again and to see where it is. But yeah, and also another another time I'm I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere now. But um, whenever they set, whenever they cut to George Costanza at Yankee Stadium while he's working, they always show the outside of Yankee Stadium with yeah. where the, with the at the bat. So. Um, definitely, I see that every time I'm watching Seinfeld now when they cut that. You know what I always wondered about uh, Costanza and his office? How the hell did he have such a good view? He was a vital, a vital <laughs> instrument to the cog. He, he was, he was Steinbrenner's guy, man. He, anybody he anybody who knows Wilhelm, what type of calzone, you know, gets gets a good office. He reported to Wilhelm, and he's he's got an office with a view of uh, right behind home plate. He's like five below Steinbrenner. It's a pretty legit office. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> all right. So you you mentioned it. The bad news. God damn it! <laughs> Why can't we have anything nice? Greg Bird will miss the entire 2016 season because he's going to have surgery to fix a torn right labrum. This came out of nowhere. We didn't hear about uh, him, you know, apparently he had shoulder issues from May of 2015 when he heard it. Obviously, he recovered and was, uh, you know, quote-unquote healthy for the entire 2015 season. He had a great 2015 season, was seemed to be training in the offseason fine, and then boom, the news hits out of nowhere. I, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about with this. But, uh, I mean, the bottom line is it just sucks because we were all looking forward to hopefully seeing Greg Bird play for the team this year. Yeah, it's just, you know, starting off the season, I mean, just even before the season comes, you get you get hit by this. And while it doesn't affect the Yankees directly immediately com- because they said he's going to be starting in AAA, I don't think anybody who's a Yankees fan really believed that or believed that he'd be in AAA long if he was going to be there. I think everybody had the feeling that he was going to be a, a very important contributor to the 2016 run if the Yankees were going to make a run. He was going to be one of those important pieces. And the, this, like you said, it came out of nowhere. The fact that he had an injury in May of 2015, I don't remember that even happening. I don't remember any talk about it. I don't remember him ever being hindered by any kind of a shoulder or any other injury whatsoever when he was in the major leagues. You know, maybe there were some things in the minors that we just didn't hear about beforehand, but which is entirely possible because he was in double A as of May 2015. Right. And we don't obviously get that news from double A as as we would even from triple A and then obviously not from the the club in the Bronx. So, you know, we're not hearing about that, but it was never even I don't remember it ever being brought up. I don't remember it ever being, you know, an underlying storyline at any point. So and you think it would have come up with the Teixeira injury, right? You think you would have heard about a prior injury that year for Greg Bird if it was such a big deal when Teixeira got hurt because it would have been a concern. It would have been something I think that would have been at least on our radar. But yeah, I don't I don't recall ever hearing anything about it. And yes, you're right. You said even though he wasn't going to be on their 2015 opening day roster, which or 2016 opening day, opening day roster, which is what Cashman and everyone was saying up until this point. Even if he wasn't, he was going to play a role on this team this year because the health of A-Rod and Teixeira is such a question mark. And 
let's face it, he's better than AAA level at this point. We He proved that last year. He was going to force his way onto the roster. If he's absolutely mashing the ball in Scranton, they can't just leave a guy down there that could help, you know, back up Teixeira, give A-Rod days off at DH, potentially, like we've been saying, play the outfield, all that stuff, get a guy at bats. He was going to get at bats at some point this year. Obviously, he's not going to do that anymore. And that that hurts them depth-wise immensely. Yeah, because right now, as the if the season started tomorrow, Dustin Ackley is your full-time backup first baseman. And He's the guy that's going to be going over baseman. Exactly. So that's that's why we have so many different subtopics that we're going to be talking about today because the the injury for Greg Bird opens up so many different aspects of this team and really gives Joe Girardi a lot of things to think about with what he's going to do with depth uh, at the major league level, at triple A. There's a lot of moves that are, are going to need to be done. There's a lot of things that will be different now, I think, because of this injury. And um, depth is such a key for this Yankees team because Absolutely. they need to get their guys rest. A-Rod needs days off. Teixeira needs days off. McCann probably needs days off. McCann does need days off. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, I, I don't know if Headley needs days off, but he certainly didn't look good last year. Maybe a couple of days extra rest for him would be good. He played pretty much every game. I know that, you want Headley to have days off. Yeah, <laughs> Give him 162 days off. Uh, Beltron, the whole outfield needs days off. Everybody. The There's only, a lot of guys. The that only need, yeah. players that don't need days off are Didi and Castro. Right. The rest of the guys need days off. So now instead of, repl- now instead of plugging in a guy who, like Greg Bird, who we know can be an impact player on the major league level, you got to plug in Dustin Ackley, who is a replacement player. So that hurts you. That hurts you every day. He better, Girardi better be plugging into those saber metrics and, and channeling his inner Billy Bean with all the moves that he's going to have to make and interchangeable parts. Because, like you just mentioned, there are so many guys on this team that need, you know, pretty regular rest, a, a day off of a week, <clears throat> plus, you know, more more than one day off a week. We have we have guys obviously going into their you know their late thirties, some in their early forties, guys who are injury prone. And the you know without a, a, a big young stud first baseman that's that's going to be there you know to back up that guy or to be there you know God forbid an injury occurs you know changes a lot of things so yeah there's there's definitely a lot of things to think about now I mean if you're a betting man and you're betting on the the health the fully healthy t- season for Teixeira or at some point going on the disabled list the smart play is to say he's going to go on the disabled list at some point it's just the the track record for that guy he is. Breaking down at this point in his career, he's had a number of issues. You know, last year was a freak injury. He fouled the ball was, off his leg. To give him credit, yeah, last year was but, a fluke. But injuries find guys like that. For whatever right. reason, injuries find, find guys like that. You've seen, you know, look at Derek Jeter. The guy fouled a number of balls off of his leg. He took shots, you know, in the field all the time. And he had one major injury in his career, or two major injuries in his career. And he played for 20 seasons. Teixeira's had 10, and he's been on the Yankees for only eight years or seven years. So injuries, fine guys. So I'd be shocked if Teixeira plays a full season next year. So they were going to probably have to count on Greg Bird. Um, Another aspect to this is that this hurts Bird. You know, his sophomore year is, is key. They call it a sophomore slump for a reason is because the league starts to figure you out. He was going to face tougher pitching this year. He was going to be in the, hopefully in the big leagues for a longer time. The league has video footage on him now. He was going to need to make adjustments. 
Now he's going to be making those adjustments after sitting out a full year when they're counting on him to be an everyday player in 2017. So, you know, developmental-wise, this hurts Bird pretty bad as well. That's just it. His The next time he's going to be playing is when he's going to be the full-time Yankees first baseman. That's that's a big deal. The fact that he doesn't have this season, whether it's in AAA, whether it's in the, the major leagues, the fact that he doesn't have this season after his exposure to the major leagues last year, to me, is a big deal because... You know, he saw he had to make adjustments when he was up. He had to work on things that he realized were maybe not as as strong as he thought they were when he got to the major league level. You know, once you once you see major league pitching and you see what's, you know, the difference in 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 baseball when on the major league level to Triple A AAA to Double A, then you have to make adjustments to yourself. And he's not going to have that season, that buffer season, between him being the full time first baseman for the New York Yankees. So now he is. You're right. He's going to be he's going to be making those adjustments in spring training and in early in the season while he is going through his growing pains while he's full time. So totally different aspect now. Um, and you know that was a luxury we had with Bird is that he could ease into the role of everyday right. first baseman. Now now that that luxury is out the window and they're probably going to have to. It would probably be smart of them to bring in a veteran uh, guy in 2017 or or possibly even. Uh, give Teixeira a one-year deal if he still wants to play and he would take a one-year deal. Um, at that point, that'd probably be the smart play. Obviously, I know we're way down the road at this point, but um, <laughs> if you're telling me Bird's coming off a full year uh, and and you know of not playing baseball and you're going to plug him in in 2017 as the everyday first baseman, that that worries me. So. And you know, I think we. I know this is further down in our in our rundown, but I feel like it's very relevant for us to talk about right now because when we're talking about Bird as a two thousand as a full time player in two thousand seventeen, and Mark Teixeira not there because, I mean, if he if he if Teixeira puts together a decent season, he's probably going to get offered somewhere. If he's not putting together a decent season, he gets hurt again. We don't want to touch him again. That you know, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see him on this on this roster after his uh, free agent time is up. But the guy that we do have on under contract that has played some first base that I think they were going to kind of turn into a first baseman anyway before they thought you know before they realized that Greg Bird was the future was was Brian McCann. I, I think we'll see a lot more now of Brian McCann playing first base this year to get him ready to almost platoon and to make that that adjustment a little bit easier for Bird in 2017. So I, I do think that we're going to see, especially if Sanchez is living up to the hype and has a good spring and you know really just solidifies himself as that backup catcher, I think we're going to see McCann go over and over to first base quite a bit. Now you're thinking like a GM. Yes. No, that's a great point, is that um, a backup, you also have McCann who can be a backup first baseman, and you hopefully have the Kraken Gary Sanchez who can play the Kraken, I love it. <laughs> who, who has a good spring and can be a legit backup to McCann. And instead of playing once or twice a week, maybe he catches three games a week and McCann spells Teixeira once a week at first base. Um, it's an option that hopefully Sanchez plays his way into because it would be great to see. Well, and, and also that, I mean, I know that's not giving McCann a day off by going to first base, but it's definitely giving him like half a day off because he's not putting the gear on he's not squatting down every pitch he's good he's getting a lot less movement in the field he's, he's resting his body a lot more at first base than he would be a catcher so it does help his I think you know have him get some rest and you know probably helps his uh, his durability going into the second half of the season so that is a good thing and I, I do believe that Girardi is going to we're going to see a lot more of that yeah and 
because Sanchez is a right-handed hitter, it gives, you know, if you're facing a tough lefty and you want to stack your lineup with righties, then you just sit McCann. You have Teixeira, who's a switch hitter. You have, um, obviously, A-Rod as the DH, and you got a bunch of other switch hitters on the team. So Sanchez plugs in, and you can stack your lineup with, with righties that way. But then if maybe there's a tough righty, then you, you stack it with lefties, and, um, you know, you get guys' days off that way. It... But, you know, what really the bottom line is that this just makes it more difficult to give guys, uh, uh, to give guys days off is, is what it comes down to. There's no doubt. But I tell you, not, the more I'm thinking about it and the way we're just talking about this as well, Sanchez really could be playing that bird role now. I mean, he's going to be playing a different position. But, but if McCann does do that, and that is the plan, and that's something that they're really going to implement, McCann more at first base – Sanchez really becomes that Bird role that we thought Bird was going to be this year by spelling the guys, getting regular at bats, and you know having a younger guy at the uh, behind the plate rather than having a guy at first base at DH. Sanchez really just steps into that that what we thought Bird role was going to be, and he's not as much of a backup catcher at that point, which which would in turn then Yankees and and Girardi would probably be carry someone like Romine as a third catcher. So yeah, there's a lot of things to think about. Oh, now. leave I, it to I, I Girardi. Leave it to Girardi to carry three catchers on his team. Oh, I could absolutely see that happening. I could see Romine on this team. Um, so, so what you're saying is sort of split, almost split the duties behind the behind the plate. Yeah, and then you know if McCann turns out to be a, if, if you know if if he's not giving much up in the field, you're giving him the at bats. You're getting to share his rest. You're really kind of keeping that cycle of rest, you know, by by switching McCann over to first base. And then, you know, giving guys regular time at DH. So it does give you a, a similar effect. It's like Girardi's running a nursing home with cycles of rest because that's the only way this team is going to be impactful in September is if you get guys rest pretty much the entire season. We saw it last year. McCann got fried. Uh, A-Rod, uh, you know, sort of broke down. All the guys broke down. So unless they rotate in rest the entire season, they're, they're probably going to fizzle down the stretch again. You know, if we're going to play GM for a minute and just keep on this track for there, – there was something else that, that was thinking about because you mentioned Headley. Headley's played first base before. Headley has a good glove. Girardi's already talking yeah, about – He has a good Cat- glove. He just doesn't have a good arm. Right. But Girardi's already talking about Castro playing some third base. That's another option of, of moving Headley over to first base. But this is then <laughs> – this is just completely throwing a complete wrench into everything. And nobody knows where they're going to play at any point if, if they did something like that. Um, but, I mean, they already talked about that. They already talked about Castro playing some third base. And if that's the case and they think he's a competent enough fielder over at third base, then that definitely opens the door up for Headley moving over to first base as well. Everybody goes into the stadium every day, and on their way in, they pick they pick something out of a hat, and that's the position yeah. They're drawing they're straws. Yeah. They're drawing straws. That's the position play. they're playing for the day. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it'd be kind of fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. The the interchanging uh, of the players, and then you know what that does is it gives my boy Ref Snyder some uh, some at bats. So bring it. So does this open up the 25th man roster spot for him if he plays well this spring? I think it does. I really do. I really think it does. I think with the fact that. Girardi says Castro could play third base. We know he could play some short. He so he he's got the infield positions, uh, you know, uh, taken care of if he needs to. I still think they're going to want a guy. Ackley is another guy. If if they said Ackley's going to be the 
second backup second baseman or he could play backup third outfield and then Headley's going to move over. There's a lot of different things they could do, but I absolutely think this makes Ref Snyder more in play than he was before. Yeah, definitely does. One thing we know in this because Cashman said it after the news broke is they're not going to seek free agent first base help. You know, somebody like Pedro Alvarez or Justin Morneau, they're going to seek minor league depth help at first base. So they expect in the beginning to... of the season, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see them turning to one of those guys if they're still in the market month, a month into the season. And it's not working out, or if they or they might they might trade for somebody, you know, some point in the season. But yeah, they they don't plan on bringing in a, a more or an Alvarez type, right? Uh, at the start of the season, which I know some Yankee fans on Twitter were asking for. Yeah, and I, I agree with that move. I'm glad they're not doing that. I mean, I think we have guys who are flexible enough to platoon and and plug in where, you know, it won't be hurt. And, and again, we're talking about a guy that was going to start in AAA. Let's, let's not forget that. I mean, as much as we all love Greg Bird and we wanted Greg Bird to have an impact and to start in the major leagues in 2016, everything that the Yankees are saying was that that was not going to happen. So, I mean, it does not really affect that much the opening day roster. It's, it's, it's a matter of, you know, what happens when the injuries occur. Because it's not an if. It, it's going to be when. And if, if it's not an injury or if a guy needs to just, you know, take a – if he goes on the 15-day day DL because he's sore. I mean, that's going to happen. I, I fully expect something like that to happen if an injury doesn't occur. Are you ready for a conspiracy theory? Let's do it. I'm, yeah, this opens up a lot of conspiracy theories. <laughs> so the are re- spinning in my mind right now. <laughs> the, the reason that Cashman – said Bird is going to be starting in AAA is because they knew about this injury. Yeah. You know, maybe October, November time frame. They were hoping he could just rehab and have it fixed. That didn't happen, obviously. They realized he needs surgery. So they were sort of setting the expectations. They were setting the bar low. So it wouldn't be as big of an impact if he did need surgery. If he did rehab and he was great and he was healthy going into spring, they were pretty confident that he would just mash the ball in spring and have a great spring, and then they could put him on the on the major league roster, no questions asked, and everyone would be happy. I like it. I I, I think he might be onto something right there. That's actually it's that, not that crazy of a conspiracy. Theory. No, it's not. I mean, they they absolutely knew about the injury, right? They they're they're in touch with their guys. They know the way he's feeling. Obviously, there was some discomfort in the off season somewhere. Uh, and so they knew about this injury. They knew about the previous injury in May of 2015. So this was on their radar, and they just weren't telling us about it up until this happened. So the fact that they were saying that he was not going to be on the major league level, you know, it's it's a nice move for them. It, I mean, it, it it doesn't affect the opening day roster as far as what the Yankees were saying. So I think you're. I don't think that's too much of a conspiracy to tell you the truth. I think that actually might have a lot of legitimacy. I think that one. I think that was good. So as we're we're doing the show, I'm going to do a little uh, research, live research for everybody. I'm looking at his minor league season last year to see if he missed any time. Or do you know if he missed any time for the, with that injury? Honestly, I don't remember if he did early on. I, I don't even remember hearing about any kind of injury. So, yeah, I'm so look, no, I'm going to look that up now. I'm trying to get to his game log. But and you know, just talking about how the Yankees, a lot of Yankees fans were looking at the Pedro Alvarez, the Justin Morneau. Like, do you guys really want another retread to to plug in there? Is that this is this is a Yankee roster that we have been just calling for youth, calling for youth, and and letting the the, the guys play. Well, this is giving opportunities for the Yankees to be a little bit more flexible for uh, a guy like Castro to possibly slot over to third base for. 
McCann, who's going to be under con- who is under contract and is going to be on this team next year to slide over and to give Sanchez an opportunity. That won't happen if we brought in like a Morneau, who's a one-trick pony at this point. Uh, Alvarez, who is a is a below-average defender. You know, he, he he would hit a bunch of home runs at Yankee Stadium, though. He would probably have a good bat. I mean, that is a guy I would keep on my on my radar, but it's not somebody I would bring in immediately. No, and he kind of is redundant. Another left-handed guy who can just pop, you know, 20 home runs. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's not like you don't want that on your roster, but they have enough guys on the roster who are probably better all-around players that, that will cost less. Yeah, and Justin Morneau is a shell of himself. There's... There's there's other guys out there that that are just not appealing <laughs> at all, and I would rather go with who we have at this point and and have let Girardi do his thing with the guys in the field. So I'm totally okay with that. And honestly, Ackley Ackley is probably comparable to a lot of these guys that we're talking about as a as a first baseman as well, and and offensively. Yeah, I'm having trouble finding the the minor league baseball reference page is not at, doesn't have the same kind of details the major league one. So you know how the Major League One, you can get game logs? You can't get that on minors. At least if you can, I haven't been able to find it. So so maybe I'll, I'll do that after the show and figure out if he missed any time with that shoulder injury in May of 2015. But he clearly rehabbed it and was healthy enough to come back and have a great, um, you know, double A and triple A and then help the team at the Major League level. So, you know. Well, that's the thing. If he's missing games, how's he going from double A to triple A? If he's if he's so injured, how's he going from double A to triple A? How's he making that jump? Why would the Yankees be making that jump at that point? You're right. He if probably he's, didn't. If he's physically, uh, you know, if, if he's if he's physically being held back by an injury, it it clearly didn't hurt him that much because he hit 11 homers in 40 games and he looked like he belonged in the major leagues when he came up. I mean, this could also be a a thing that hey. This injury is not getting any better, and surgery would make it better for the long term. So this could also be a long-term play for the Yankees saying, well, we had you in AAA this year anyway, so let's just get this thing fixed before it does become an issue when we absolutely need you in 2017. So that, that's something that you know really hasn't been talked about and could also be an option. Are you a little concerned, though, that at 23 years old, the guy already needs uh, surgery? And and this is you know a a, a re injury. Yeah, I think when you're talking about a young guy like that who's already going under uh, the knife for you know a, a very integral part of your body, a non pitcher, player, a non pitcher going under the knife to to fix his shoulder is definitely a concern. Absolutely, I mean you have you absolutely have to to ha- raise a flag. Now you can't go and say he's an injury prone guy at this point because I don't think we know enough. We haven't seen enough of a sample size to even know that, but. Starting his career on, you know, go, and going and playing half of a season, not even half of a season, and and then in the off season, uh, going into a, I, I call this a major surgery, is not a good thing for your for future. Oh yeah, it's major. He's missing the whole year. And, okay, that's another thing. It's is it a little weird that the surgery is happening in uh, February and they're already ruling him out for the entire year for for uh, to fix a shoulder labrum. Don't you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long these things take. I know on our Facebook thread, you know, it was like a it was like a bad series of sports radio callers. Everyone's calling up Francesa with their injuries from high school. Yeah, Mike, I I tore my labrum when I was 16 years old, and I was striking guys out five months later. I don't know why birds out all this time, but isn't it a little concerning that he's out for for the full season? 
Yeah, they definitely came out and said that right away that he's done for 2016. So they're not taking any chances with him. This this he is very much cemented into their future plans. And they yeah. obviously don't want to risk any kind of re-injury. They want to make sure that this thing heals 100%, 200%, and that he comes back fully healthy. And that, you know, the, I guess the percentages, if you rest for a lot, rest longer than coming back are a lot better for, you know, not re-aggravating the injury in the future. And that's what they're really trying to do at this point. And I guess that's a luxury they have with him right now is that right. They can sit him out the whole year and not feel like it's going to really impact the team this year, and it's just a good thing for his career long term. So, now also um, reading reading the Joel Sherman article, you know about about this, and he goes into some depth about you know what the Yankees are thinking and such. And you know, I know we've been calling for this. This has definitely been a topic of our conversation pretty much every week, and drives us crazy. And why they won't give him an opportunity to play a, a right field, you know, something that is. That to to us seems like it, it's it's very within his athletic ability, but Sherman writes that he you know that the Yankees maybe this is a you know a reason why they don't think he's athletic enough to play a right field. Uh, you know maybe he's got some limitations, and that's concerning to me. Yeah, that's a good point. If they um, you know he's got a shoulder issue, issue they don't want to have him throw him from right field a bunch of times. That makes sense. Yeah, so that that I think could play into why they keep saying that as well. So there's a lot of things that are coming out now that make a little bit more sense when you look at the grand scheme of of kind of the you know the overall way that they've been talking about Greg Bird and and the way that he's going to contribute in 2016 and you know saying that he is a first baseman that's what he is he's not going to be anything else. A lot of this stuff is kind of coming more uh, into into the clear and making more sense. So. I think it just sucks, though, right? It's just, it, for Yankee fans everywhere, this sucks. This was a guy, a young guy we all liked last year. We could get behind this year, and we're not going to see him all year. So it's kind of a shitty situation. Yep. Um, all right. <clears throat> That's enough depressing Greg Bird talk. Um, let's talk about some other stuff. So uh, <laughs> Juicy Headline, talking about Juicy Headlines, is Jeter to possibly attend spring training. And that was the headline I saw, and everyone's freaking out. Is he making a comeback? No, it would be as a special instructor or, you know, the Reggie Jackson, you know, consultant type. But uh, we might see Jeter, who, you know, could make the drive from St. Jetersburg in Tampa over to spring training um, this year with the Yankees. And I think it's funny, kind of the way it came out, too, was was it, was it Jack Curry who saw – uh, no, it was um, Jeter's girlfriend, Hawk, Brian Hawk. Oh, Brian Hawk. Okay, he saw Jeter's girlfriend in Hawaii, and yeah. she basically alluded to the fact that well, you might see him in spring training or something along those lines. So it's just funny how how it came to uh, you know came to the media and and was 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 that leaked that he might be in spring training. But hey, I think it'd be a good thing. Do I think Jeter's going to be there this year? Probably not. I I think personally that he's still staying away from the Yankees for for right now and kind of doing his own thing. It's it would be pretty soon for him to come back. Although a lot of the core four guys came back pretty pretty soon after they retired. So uh you know, I guess it would be I think I mean, when is it not a good thing to have Derek Jeter at camp? Yeah, he he seemed he's cut from a different mold though. He's just not He's not like Pettit or uh, you know um, Posada or any of those guys or O'Neill or Tino that where you see them around the ballpark all the time. That's just not Jeter. He's made too much money. He's too famous. He he's he's getting married. He's got too much stuff going on. He doesn't need to be concerning himself with spring training baseball at this point. 
And I can't say I blame him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely made it very clear that he doesn't want to be in baseball immediately. He wants to take care of the other things in his life and take a step back. I mean, he, like you said, he had a 20-year career, played baseball for the entire time. And, um, yeah, he's, just, he's, he's, doing, he's doing some good things with the Players' Tribune. I know that. They're, they're, they've had a, a good run so far, and I know they're adding a lot of their own uh, you know, custom media and custom segments and things like that. So those guys, he's, he's busy over there being uh, the lead editor. It's so funny to see baseball writers not linked to the Players' Tribune if, if there's a story that they're referencing because they, they're still bitter that Jeter started that. Maybe, maybe there'll be a spot at A-Rod Corp. Maybe, uh, maybe, there's some, maybe there's some things that A-Rod Corp or the Players' Tribune are going to be doing together. Maybe that's the first subset of A-Rod Corp is the Players' Tribune. Ooh. Right? I mean, because that's – I mean, A-Rod's got to start buying companies. Has, has, has the website been updated yet? What I haven't checked. I'm checking if, right now. What if A Rod starts his own Players Tribune to rival Derek Jeter <laughs> and go head to head in New York as the athlete publishing company? It's you know it's not a bad thing for A Rod. And uh, here's an update on A Rod Corp. Still under development, but thank you for visiting. Please check back later. Has the logo still? Has yeah. it changed or is it still fly fishing? He's fly fishing. So there's a fish on the end of the line though. There you go. <clears throat> All right, well, while we're talking about A-Rod, we got a mailbag question, so why don't we do that now? So this one's from Joe Z. McFly, uh, who we've gotten questions from before. Thanks, Joe. Uh, he says, do you think the Yankees consider signing A-Rod after his contract, considering his impact in the clubhouse seems to be positive? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they are so happy at, that it has turned out the way it has turned out from last year. Their fingers are crossed that it's going to continue into next year. Their fingers are going to be triple crossed that it continues into 17. But no, they are at this point, at this point, it's, you know, it's all gravy. You know what I mean? It's like they're, they're, they can't believe that. I, I'm pretty sure that the Yankees cannot believe how well it's turned out so far. So are they going to chance another year? Absolutely not. He's going to go to Miami. He's going to work with the Marlins. That's going to be that's going to how it's going to be happening. Guarantee it. I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure Cashman has in his office one of those calendars you rip off that count down the days until Arod's contract is no longer on the books. Yeah, there's no possible way this is going to happen. Like you said, this is actually turning out to be a good thing with Arod. At the end of his career, he's 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 re he's reinvented himself. He's the good guy now. He can go out on a positive note without people hating him. I think if he has a solid year this year, you know, he's probably going to keep decreasing in productivity because, let's face it, he's old. But if he's just a, a positive influence on the team and and finishes his contract and then and then quietly retires, you know, I think it's a good thing for Arod, a good thing for the Yankees. They end on a positive note, which for the past 15 years has had a lot of negativity with him. And if you're looking at the way this is going down, basically this is a three-year contract, right? This is that last year was the first year of the three-year contract after his comeback, and year one was great. I mean, the eroticence, everything about him, like he was the booze practically stopped, or they got they got muted in many of the oh, stadiums. Oh, they really stopped. He was getting standing ovations. Well, at Yankee Stadium, no doubt. But yeah. I mean, even on the road, he wasn't getting heckled as bad. Oh, it I just, see. Yeah, it just it just it just kind of teared down. There's two more years to go on this, and he's not going to get better, most likely. I, if he does, he's superhuman. 
the eroticence is is he needs to bottle he's it up. He's working out sell like it. a fiend, though. He is. I mean, he's the guy's doing water drills. He's he's doing everything. I mean, he's 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 really. I, I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see his his uh, resurgence in social media too. He's really really stepping it up in there. A lot of family time. I love it. Love seeing a rod family time. Golf day today. It was golf day yesterday. The family looked like they had a great time on the golf course. Oh, I haven't seen these pictures. But yeah, so you know, this is there's two more years to go on on the on this on this three year term after the the suspension, and there's a lot of things that can happen. Because I'll tell you one thing: if his productivity decreases and it decreases significantly, he's not going to be so liked in Yankee Stadium anymore. New Yorkers are not going to be behind A-Rod if he's not doing anything on the field and he's got that giant contract that's limiting us from getting people. It's, it's going to be a different tune if the productivity. Let's not forget the reason, one of the very big reasons we all went behind him and were supporting A-Rod and he was this nice, fun, awesome guy again was because he was producing on the field and the ball was leaving the ballpark. When that stops, if that stops, the Bronx tears come out, then God knows what will happen. The real question around A-Rod is, does he get a farewell tour in 2017? Oh, man. I hope so. <laughs> if Ortiz is getting one, A-Rod's got to get one. Yep. I mean, there's a good comparison there. Well, it was a good – it was a fun question to talk about at least. <clears throat> um. All right. So next week what we're going to do is we're going to start previewing teams from around baseball. Uh, you know, as we're getting into spring training, it's good to just get a gauge on on some teams. You know what they did in the off season, if they're going to be improved from last year, if they're a threat to the Yankees in, in the, um, you know, for the for the American League and, and things like that. Instead of doing the AL East teams because those are going to be more in depth, we'll get to those later in spring. We're going to start with the AL Central and do Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, we'll go on to the other teams in that division, move on to the West, and we're also going to do the National League teams that are on the Yankee schedule. So um, that should be, you know, we'll roll that out next week and do that. Uh, hopefully that'll take us into into the season. Yeah, and I think it'll be good for us to get more used to, you know, what the – I haven't really had my finger totally on the pulse of what every single team is doing. I mean, obviously we know the big trades, but just looking at who their starting rotation is and how it matches up with the type of stuff that the Yankee, the type of lineup that we think the Yankees are going to put out, uh, I think will be good for Yankee fans to kind of know what they're getting into when we go, uh, especially when we're on the road, at, you know, at these parks and when they come to the Bronx. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually excited to, to get a little bit of a further in-depth look at a lot of these teams. And Kansas City and Detroit should be fun because obviously Kansas City won the World Series and Detroit has made some pretty big moves in the offseason. So uh, definitely do that. Uh, before we get out of here, Scott, any last words? No, um, it's unfortunate for Bird. You know, check out the the new fan shop. I will definitely send it out on Twitter and on Facebook and keep an eye out for the pre-sale of Meet Me at the Bat. If you're not on our mailing list, Definitely go to the website, bronxpinstripes.com. Get on our mailing list so that you can get all of the pre-sales. We're going to be doing a lot of contests and things like that behind the scenes for people on the mailing list. It's kind of like a VIP information area as well. So definitely get on that mailing list. Awesome. Yep. And again, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. You can get all the old episodes there and you can submit to the mailbag. Call the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. No. God, I mess it up every time. 646-480-0342. All right. Babe Ruth, Mariana Rivera. All right. We'll catch you guys next time.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.